Hello there and a very warm welcome to episode 37 of the Fantastic Football Podcast. I'm Neil Sharath and I regret to report that Alex is still re- recovering from a devastating defeat uh, that he suffered this weekend as the manager of team TikTok in the Social Series Cup was it? Either way, he lost basically. He's still recovering. He's enjoying us. Ben is sadly still recovering from Uh, the unfortunate situation he finds himself in whereby he's a, a Tottenham Hotspur fan so um, he is joining us either today and Rafael is still recovering from uh, all of David De Gea's great work from the weekend so he is joining us today either which means you've only got me to take you through all that has happened uh, over the last three days because we're recording this on a Tuesday because there are loads of games on Monday night as well so What do we have to discuss? Well, we have loads, loads more titles, uh, relegation battles, playoffs, all that sort of stuff. A lot of games with late drama, late goals, and late scraps as well. A lot of fighting going on this weekend. Uh, but but we'll go through all of that in a, another busy episode of the Friday Football Podcast. So let's get started after this. started with the titles um well, I think the big one was the AFC Champions League wasn't it that was on Saturday uh, morning in, in most parts of Europe um Urawa Reds hosting Al Hilal for the third time these two sides were facing each other in the final and they they both won once against each other previously and this time it was uh, Urawa Reds who emerged victorious they had Uh, the advantage from the first leg in the sense that they had the away goal in the 1-1 draw in in Riyadh uh, but they they scored here as well it was uh, an own goal ultimately that uh, gave them the win but of course had that not gone in they did still have uh, one on the away goal through the, the last ever i think match uh, certainly in, in the foreseeable future a last match of the AFC Champions League with away goals because from next season Of course, we're going to have the, the scheduling change in that it's going to go to a, a cross-year format as opposed to a year-round format. This was technically the 2022 final. Um, and from next year, we'll have that change. So, it'll be a 2023-24 season. And, of course, we won't have away goals anymore either. And loads more changes coming to AFC competition soon as well. There's some further stuff announced. But anyway, about the game... I think it was very similar to the first leg. Uh, Urawa Reds really happy to let uh, El Hilal have the ball once again. Funnily enough, the same possession stats: seventy-one percent to El Hilal, twenty-nine percent to Urawa Reds. But uh, I think this time they defended even better than they did in Saudi Arabia. Their four-four-two block was very, very good. I don't think El Hilal had a single good chance, honestly. Um, and Urawa Reds, of course, scoring uh, from an own goal. Uh, Andre Carrillo scoring it. Uh, it was after a set piece and I think both of their goals in this tie have been, you know, um, how do I put this, rather well, relatively lucky ones, I guess. An own goal and then the goal in the first leg was an absolute uh, fluke, really. Uh, it was a freak goal. So, uh, I, th- I think 
uh, in the attacking department they probably weren't the best side but the defense was superb i think you know what most people have said is that uh, masias corza since coming in has uh, most crucially improved this uh, from from ricardo rodriguez who was the previous manager who got them to this final of course the east zone knockouts um, all done uh, i think almost august last year has been a long long time hasn't it um and and scorza has come in in january of course between the j league seasons and i, I, I think most will have said that what he's mainly improved is the defensive block and certainly from what i've seen of them as well i think i tend to agree because they're defending a lot better and that really helps in these big games and and, and with that uh, uravaraz have become the first side i believe to win the afc champions league uh, three times a couple of teams a couple of other teams won two including alhilal i believe but urawa reds are the first to make it three so well done to them but we had lots of other um, titles won as well a lot of leagues a couple of cups let's start with the cups uh, in spain we had the copa del rey final real madrid against osasuna real madrid have about 20 of these titles to name maybe 40 i don't even know a lot of titles osasuna have only made one final in their entire history previously that was in 2002-2003 I believe um, they lost then and so they don't even have a single major trophy to their name but they certainly remember that game very well oh sorry that was in 2004-05 by the way they certainly remember that game very well and I'm sure they remember this one too once again they unfortunately ended up losing 2-1 um, but but it was a great performance from them a lovely equalizer from Lucas Toro great long range strike in the second half after uh, rodrigo opened the scoring very early on i'm sure that goal will be remembered for for a long long time just as uh, john aloisi's goal is still remembered from that final almost 20 years ago uh, but then uh, soon after lucas torres equalizer rodrigo scored once again uh, and that was enough for real madrid to add yet another copa del rey title uh, to their vast cabinet i think that is indeed number 20 for them so Uh, that 40 finals and I think 20 titles won. That's their record in the Copa del Rey. Uh, the other cup final we had was a, the other big one was in Slovenia where Olimpia Ljubljana won. Uh, in in one of the craziest games I've seen recently. Uh, it was um, how do I put this? <laughs> it wasn't necessarily the most entertaining in terms of end to end action, but the ending to the game was unbelievable. So. It was nil-nil at the end of normal time, but Maribor, their opponents, uh, had a player sent off right uh, at at the end in stoppage time actually, uh, and then uh, Olympia eventually scored in the hundred and third minute, so in extra time uh, towards the end of the first half of it, and you'd think that they'd comfortably see out the win, but no, uh, Maribor equalized on the hundred and thirteenth minute, and then then we look set to go for penalties. a long stoppage time period i think 5 odd minutes was a pretty long for extra time because you know half is only 15 minutes um and then there there was uh was it a handball i think it was a handball so, so, some infraction in the box i think handball from maribor uh, it was a long long vr review that ensued um a long not exactly discussion a hostile discussion with the referee after it Maribor's the the player who committed the offence was sent off for Maribor uh, in in the protests I believe and then eventually I think in the hundred and thirty first minute uh, 
Olympia were allowed to take that penalty and they scored and that was the last kick of the game as they went to celebrating the referee blew the full time whistle and so they won the cup in in one of the most dramatic and one of the latest endings i think you you'll ever see a 131st minute winner i mean i i, I don't think i mean i can't remember anything going on that late so um yeah huge drama there but we had loads of drama elsewhere too i'll tell you about it but a couple of less dramatic things uh, in terms of cup titles one were uh, rakov shesokhova finally winning the extra class title uh, that's their first in their 103 year history they did lose their match actually to corona kelsa but so did legia warsaw they lost to uh, pogon shesin who's who doing well who is up in third at the moment and legia of course who beat um, rakov in the cup final in midweek Uh, and effectively ended up handing them the title by losing here. And uh, that's as I said, Rakov's first title in their 113-year history. Funny thing is, last two seasons they finished second, uh, and in both cases they won the league. Uh, sorry, they won the cup. This time they finished second in the cup and won the league. So I think that gives something to take something. But if the, their their rise recently has been has been quite quite dramatic. Um, they were in the second tier as recently as 2018. They were in the Fourth or the third tier, and no, fourth tier actually in twenty fourteen, I believe. Uh, I need to quickly check that. But they they've been down in the lower divisions lately. They, they were they only had one previous spell in the top flight. That was in the nineteen nineties, lasted about four years. After that, they actually plummeted to the fourth tier. Did recover actually? Yeah, they were in the third tier. They did recover to the third tier, but then were rather stuck there until just a few years ago. I think in twenty fourteen they had a takeover. and that's really what a big reason in what's propelled them uh, back up so quickly and of course Marek Pavšun uh, must also be recognized their head coach who's been there since 2016 since their time in the second tier so he's brought them up he's got them those two cup titles which were their first ever major trophies and he's also got them to the league title so he's he's been doing a great job so well done to them so that's a fantastic achievement we also had first time winners in a couple of other places in 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 north macedonia Uh, FK Struga won the title just eight years after their foundation, uh, and their their story is really interesting because I mean of course they were founded eight years ago, which means they started life in the fourth tier there, uh, quickly rose through the ranks, and then in the the, the recent history has been super interesting. So in twenty twenty is I think when they got eighteen nineteen is when they got promoted. Nineteen twenty their first season I think in the top flight, they. Finishes tenth, which is last, which is tradition regularly a relegation spot, a direct relegation spot would have been, but because of COVID, uh, it was suspended. Relegation was suspended, so they finished last, but they stayed up thanks to COVID. The next season they finished third, made their European debut. Uh, so after yeah, all playing like a relegation team, they went on to qualify for Europe. Finished sixth the following season. And now they've won it. As they founded only eight years ago, the, I I saw on Twitter some people posting around their posted uh, not exactly supportive messages to say the least. And I I just started to do some digging on them. Couldn't really find much, but I did find their owners are the Trim and Loom Company, uh, and their full name once was Struga Trim and Loom, which is uh, fun to say, I guess. And the, that's that's I think it's sort of a. a, a A sort of building or development company that started off in Struga in around 2000, and now operates throughout uh, North Macedonia. 
um, I think I need to do a bit more digging on that to understand what exactly that is. I, I, I just had a quick, you know, quick search, so I haven't dug into this, but I think it's, it's something interesting to look into. So, I mean, of course, if you're listening and if you have more information, then of course, do send it over. Uh, and otherwise, I will be doing some more digging on that. So I guess I'll keep you posted when I go through that. But I'll, I'll tell you what I do know a bit more about. I know a bit more about Swiss, Swift Espionage in Luxembourg, who finally won their first ever uh, national division title, the top flight title, in their 107-year history. So they're even older than Rakov, Shostakov, and that it has been longer. But that's finally ended. They have been one of the most dominant sides in Europe in terms of domestic leagues. They've only lost one game throughout the season. I think they were the last to lose their unbeaten record. Of course, Kriven has that do have an unbeaten record in Serbia. But uh, among the other sides who had won, they were the last to lose. So their record after 28 games is 24 wins, 3 draws and just that one defeat. Uh, and they could cross the 80 point mark because uh, they have 75 now, 2 games left. So it uh, could be, could be a, a, a great season for them. And of course that means they have comfortably pipped uh, F91 due launch to the title who generally have uh, certainly recently tended to dominate uh, in in Luxembourg so that's a massive achievement for uh, Swift Espionage and I mean who knows given how well they've performed uh, maybe the start of of some sustained success and uh, certainly you expect that they, they, they put together a decent fight in the early stages of the the European matches as well Uh, of course that's their first ever major trophy too because do Luxembourg have a cup? I don't think Luxembourg have a cup. I don't know. Luxembourg's uh, many uh, teams do play in. Well, sorry, they, of course they do have a cup. That's how they qualify for Europe. My bad. Yeah, they have. Sorry, they have won the Luxembourg Cup in the past in 1990. Um, but this is their first top flight league. Right? They also have won the second tier once. Uh, but yeah, never, never the top flight. So that's that. They finally ended that duck. So congratulations to them. Of course, we'll see how they get on uh, in in Europe uh, or in the early qualifying rounds at least. So that's something to watch out for. Elsewhere, some more predictable stuff was uh, Celtic winning the Scottish Premiership again. That's the second uh, in a row for them. And Spostakov has done a fantastic job as we all know. I think they're still on course for, well, certainly 100 points. Um, and also quite possibly a record points tally. They have four matches left. And if they win 107 points, then they will only... Then... Would they break it? Would they, I'll quickly check out. But yeah, Celtic having a great season. Um, and I, I think it says it's all about how well uh, Ange Postulov has done that they've uh, wrapped it up so early. They've certainly been the most dominant side. Of course, Rangers have had their ups and downs. Uh, changing managers and all that but Celtic absolutely not let up uh, just two draws uh, and one defeat in 34 games so won everything else I think scored over 100 goals playing some very very good football in terms of you know entertainment and uh, attractiveness and all that um, so I think it's it's, it's a absolutely deserved achievement so uh, we'll see what they can do uh, the, yeah, 107 would be a record point style, I think because the current record is 106 so hmm, it, it it could be done uh, but but we'll see 
if they don't they need to be perfect in their last four games which includes a match against Rangers next weekend so I think that's that's probably the, the toughest one of course so we'll see how they get on another predictable thing was uh, Zenit St. Petersburg winning the Russian Premier League that's their fifth uh, in a row I think and um, I mean what can we say about that it's, it's been a unique season certainly in Russia because of the invasion the ban on uh, European football in, in European football and UEFA football rather uh, and uh, I mean I don't think there's much more to be added about that it, the league has lost many players and I think they will probably continue to do so um, and of course th- there's lots of talk about whether they might join AFC uh, still unclear about where that's gonna go I think they've had some discussions and stuff but I think Russian Federation, the Russian Federation themselves don't really want to join AFC yet uh, but who knows I mean given what they're doing given the win and everything I mean I can't see them being let in UEFA anytime soon but who knows all of these organizations who knows um, and I think the final title, final top flight title I have is the Qatar Stars League, which Alduhel won. That's their first title in a few years. Ernan Crespo delivering in his first full season in charge. This did technically go down to the final day. They had to beat Al Shamal, and they did, uh, because Al Arabi were against Al Sadd's second place side. Al Arabi against third place Al Sadd were out, mathematically out of the race by now. Did they did win uh, Al Arabi? Uh, had Al-Duhel drawn, they'd still have won the title on goal difference, but it was comfortable for them anyway. They won 5-2, so all good for them there. Um, and what else do we have? We'd have some... Well, a second-tier title uh, from Scotland was the, the, the only direct promotion spot, of course, to the Premiership. So more than the title really that is what was online and we had a huge game for that on Friday night so Dundee United whole, uh, visiting Queen's Park who are the oldest uh, football club in Scotland only turned professional a few years ago won two back-to-back promotions to come to the championship looking for a third here and they, they were in a really good position but then they've had a horrid run of form going into the, the end of this season I think going into this game they had one win and one draw from six games so there's four points and that's what allowed Dundee to start first here in first place and so Queen's Park needed to win this if they wanted that direct promotion and unfortunately they didn't it was cracking game though 3-5 couple of fantastic goals certainly the equalizer the 1-1 goal from Charlie Fox for Queen's Park an absolutely pinpoint strike to the top corner I mean you can't you know if you if you if you held the ball with your hand and put it in the top corner, you couldn't go more top corner than that. So, a fantastic goal that. And just a fantastic game. Really. It was 3-3 at half time. It was 2-2 in, what, 17 minutes. It was both sides taking the lead in that time as well. And But then in the second half, ultimately, Dundee uh, got, got the win. Got first place. So, they're bouncing straight back up. And for Queen's Park, I think, adding to their misery was Air United beating uh, Retro uh, in Venice, sorry. Um, and what that did is that pushed Queen's Park down to third place and the, the way the Scottish p- promotion system works is that in the from the 10 teams in the championship first obviously is automatic promotion second third fourth make the playoffs where third place fourth uh, across to likes to decide who will play the second team and after their playoffs the winner plays the promotion relegation playoff so it's a really long way if you're third or fourth and Queen's Park sadly, after looking set to really win automatic promotion for most of the season, 
we'll have to go through that long old journey but they could still pull it off uh, we'll see how they go but yeah Partick Thistle are their first opponents that matches tonight actually alongside the small battle of the UEFA Champions League uh, but, but we'll keep an eye on that of course as we do on this podcast and elsewhere in the championship down at the bottom the Co-Rangers were uh, directly relegated and Hamilton Academical got ninth place which is the again the playoff spot on goal difference it was, it was a really fun match actually because the 10 teams uh, from the 10 teams 9 had something to play for only Ray Throwers sitting comfortably in 7th had nothing to do but basically all you had to keep an eye on all the matches because all of them meant something I mean I mean, I, I guess you know it sort of helps that you know 6 of the 10 spots are meaningful in that there's 1 automatic promotion 3 promotion playoffs uh, 1 relegation playoff and 1 direct relegation spot so there is a lot in in this 10 team table as well but it's still quite something for 9 teams to have something to play for at the end of the season so uh, a cracking match day there and let's talk about some more mathematical stuff happening Um, Sampdoria mathematically relegated from Serie A after their loss to Udinese last uh, evening night Uh, so they are going down and funnily enough that was just about 2 days after they're, they're, they're you know, really bitter rivals, Jena, who they do share a stadium with, uh, one, back, one promotion back from Serie B. So they've bounced back up. Again, mathematically, they've sealed second place. Uh, four points of leaders, Frosinone already promoted. A couple of KMs left, so title's not looking good. But they have got the job done in terms of direct promotion, so they're going up. Uh, but of course, you have to watch Serie B at the end of the season. Because there is loads on the line. In terms of the playoffs, uh, promotion playoffs, Venezia, who were in the relegation battle for most of the season, almost got into the top eight. They they were leading against Cosenza. Had they held on, they would have been, I think, seventh as we speak. But they conceded late on, I think, in the 90th minute to drop down to ninth on goal difference behind Pisa. And on goal difference ahead of Ascoli, and they're all two points behind Palermo. So th- those are the only sides not certainly in the playoffs. Above them, Bari are guaranteed, well not guaranteed. Yeah, they're guaranteed to be in the uh, in third or fourth, which means you skip the first round. Sutirol need one. Well, they they're three points ahead of Cagliari, who level with Parma. So Sutirol could still lose fourth spot if they. Uh, I mean, realistically fail to win both, but on goal difference, things could change. So they, they'll certainly need to win one and draw one, probably. And, of course, Cagliari uh, and Parma will be chasing them. But they uh, are all there guaranteed to finish in the playoffs, certainly. So uh, between Palermo, Pisa, Venezia, Ascoli uh, is where the battle will... I mean, to be fair, Regina and Modena behind them, just a point behind them, uh, will have a look in as well. Como probably out of it three points and Ternara three points behind, but but then if you're Como and Ternara, you don't know whether to look up where the playoffs are within three points or to look down where the relegation playoffs are within four points. It's, it's that's that's how that's how tight the table is. No one can rest at this moment. Uh, in the relegation playoffs, currently uh, the last three spots, which are the direct spots, are uh, Perugia, Spal, and Benevento. Benevento look gone to me. They they did they lose again this week or did they draw they lost they lost they lost to Cittadella uh, which has left them six points from the playoffs so they're still not mathematically done 
but I mean, you know, they need to win both games. They need to hope Brescia lose all of their games. They need to hope Perugia and Spal don't win a single one of theirs. So that's a lot of hoping they have to do. And I mean, they can't win a game either. So they look gone. Spal Perugia have a chance. They're three and two points respectively of Brescia, and then Brescia themselves are only three points behind Cittadella, who only jumped, uh, who only jumped out of the playoffs uh, spots this weekend. After uh, Cosenza uh, lost to, uh, sorry, drew with Venezia. So Cittadella two points above Cosenza, one point above Brescia. That's the three spots above the three direct relegation spots, and two of those are playoffs. So I mean, everywhere you look at the table except the top, top two, top three, top four, maybe something to play for in Serie B. What a league! What a league! Um, more mathematics. Club Brugge are mathematically out of the Belgian Pro League title race. And I am very, very happy after that because uh, I couldn't have taken another Club Brugge title win after the season they've had. So they're gone. They lost to Union Saint-Gilles. Uh, again, they took the lead. Again, they had me scared. No, sorry, they didn't take the lead. They lost one to my bad. They they looked good early on. Uh, they they couldn't they couldn't get that goal. And then right on the stroke of half time, oh, Union scored. It's a wonderful goal from Victor Okoboniface, who's who's been brilliant this season. Um, and then he, uh, not him, sorry. Earlier in the second half, Jean-Thierry Lazar scored the second. And from there, Union looked comfortable. Hans Van Aken pulling one back deep into stoppage time. But nothing doing really for uh, Klub at, at that point. So they're mathematically out of the terrorists. Goodbye. And they they still play party purposes because they've got matches against all of the, all of the contenders. But what a title race we have! Three teams within two points. The big result and the place where we did have you know a, a, a comeback was Royal Antwerp against Genk. Genk took the lead through Mark McKenzie about twenty minutes in. Uh, Antwerp missed a penalty. I mean, Vincent Janssen failed to score, but then Toby Alderweireld, that was a, that was a, the 30 minute mark, on, in first half stoppage time, Toby Alderweireld scored, and then Michel Anjabalikwisha scored uh, the second goal for Antwerp early in the second half. That's enough to see the win for them. Of course, that's just a few days after their cup win, and they, having beaten Gang and Union last week, uh, in, in midweek rather, uh, have jumped to top spot, whereas Gang. And Union are both level, just one point behind them. So what title race we have? It's, it's going to be absolutely thrilling. And I think for Genk, as much as losing this was bad, the end was really bad for them. They had a bit of a meltdown. A bunch of people arguing with the referee or something, which I now forgot. But they had two sendings off. Aziz Mohamed picking up a second yellow after coming off the bench, I believe. That's bad enough. But then Mike Tressor was also sent off in the demonstrations. And I think we spoke with Alex last week. He's been sensational this season. So missing him through suspension is really, really going to hurt them. So a terrible end to the game was anything for Genk. But let's let's see if they can recover. And and in Belgium, in the UEFA Europa Conference League playoffs, uh, we have Ghent who are in a great position because they beat Standard. Uh, and they are, I think, five odd points clear in in that group. They won two one. So Circle's win over Vestalo, cracking game three five uh, five three to them in the end. 
Probably won't mean much because Ghent only need what is it? I think four more four more points maybe uh, because they're massively superior goal difference to uh, see seal that spot uh, in in the Conference League playoffs. So they they need basically for uh, either four draws or a win and a draw from their remaining games. Uh, so let's see how they go. And what else do we have? Uh, we had the playoffs uh, in in Liga MX, the preliminary round, I suppose you have to call them. Mm, so the the you know the round before the quarterfinals with eight teams, uh, from fifth to twelfth, and let's just quickly run through the results. Atlas beating Cruz Azul one nil, a cracking game between Pachuca and Santos, four uh, four that ended in in normal time. I think they, they all traded goals, so it was 2-2 at halftime, no sorry, it was 3-2 at halftime, but 2-2 before that, 3-3 um, early in the second half, Pachuca thought they'd won it in the third minute of stoppage time at the end, but Santos had other ideas, Santos, sorry, not the Brazilian side, the Mexican side, Santos had other ideas, in just a couple of minutes later, they, they scored the equalizer for 4-4. And that's how the game, the, the regular time ended straight to penalties, of course, in, in these playoffs. And there, Santos won. So, a cracking game, what a result. There, uh, Club Leon recently made the CONCACAF Champions League final, but they will not be advancing in these playoffs. They lost to uh, Aladigo de San Luis, 3-1. Uh, did take the leader very early on, but were three, uh, two down by half time. So... Leon won't be there, and that the semi-finalists they beat will be there. Tigres uh, beat Puebla one nil, so they have made the quarterfinals. So so I think they're in midweek. I'll just quickly run you through the ties: Santos against uh, Monterrey, uh, Atlético de San Luis against Club América, Tigres against Toluca, and Atlas against Chivas. Great games, great games. So I do really look forward to those alongside just that small competition called the UEFA Champions League. Of course. Um, what else? Oh, we had some big results in title races, in big title races. Um, let's start with Benfica. Uh, they, they've been sort of scaring me recently. They've had a couple of disappointing results. They had a poor run, really. Uh, about almost a month ago now, they, uh, they lost to Porto, got eliminated from the Champions League, and lost to Chavez as well. That was the, the really disappointing result and that brought Porto right back maybe just give them a bit more hope in the title race but, but since then the gap has been maintained at 4 points after that Benfica just about scraped past Estoril beat Hill Vicente and this week crucially just about beat Braga just 1-0 not the best of games in terms of entertainment but they got the job done and that's really what matters um, so the, their gap to Porto remains 4 points 3 games to go and now I'd expect them to see, uh, see, see the job over there. This was really important that they didn't drop points here because they have got Sporting coming up as well. Uh, what this result means now is that they can afford to drop points or even lose there. And as long as they beat Portimonese, uh, Portimonese who are 13th, and Santa Clara, who are last and probably going to be relegated by that time, uh, they should be fine. Uh, they will be fine, mathematically. Uh, so... That's a huge, huge, very important result for um, Benfica. Moving on, and let's go to Slovakia, where we had a chaotic 
battle in the Dino race match. Uh, we had Slovan Bratislava uh, visiting uh, Dark 1904. I think uh, their, their full name is Dark 1904 Dunajska and they're themselves really interesting side. They're searching for their first ever title, our duck. And they, they, they're based in a part in, in Dunajska Strada, which is a part where there's a, a, a significant Hungarian, ethnically Hungarian community. And apparently, I think I heard this uh, on, on, on the sweeper, from the sweeper part, who I think keep mentioning every week at this point, really, but they're a great podcast, but they're one of a fair few uh, clubs around uh, this part of Europe where who are sort of being supported by the ruling party of Hungary because of their you know, connection to the Hungarian um, com- the ethnically Hungarian community in in their in their league in their country and so I think that's one of the reasons for their recent rise or so I'd imagine um, but either way they were, were playing in what really was a must-win game for them because they were behind Slovan Bratislava uh, going into this match by a couple of points and it was it was quite the game let me tell you this was the best game of the weekend in terms of entertainment and it was another one with a late crap so duck took the lead uh, Slovan equal early on Slovan equalized just before half time went to one up in the 75th minute duck equalized in the 81st minute and then it all kicked off in um in st- well, at the end of the game, in stoppage time. So, first, what happened is we had, of course, a long old VAR review. Slovan won a penalty. Vladimir Weiss came, who come off the bench just a few minutes ago, uh, sc- scored it, went in front of the opposition fans, took his shirt off, and started celebrating very exuberantly. So then he was he, literally while celebrating, can't even look back. The referee sent him off, um, and then. It all kicked off uh, at, at the end. I think we still had a few more minutes of the match of stoppage time. But then at the end, it all kicked off. There was all sorts of scraps going on around between the dugouts, going into the tunnel. So we had an absolute scrap at the end of the game. Uh, but Slovan ultimately sealing the win. A huge, huge win in very dramatic fashion later on from the spot. Which leaves them five points clear with two games to go. So you'd reasonably expect that they will be able to defend the title and win it for win the Superliga for the 13th time. But we'll let you know when that does happen. Uh, let's also talk about some other things, some other title races. Not much of a race left in the Netherlands where Feyenoord are one win away from the title uh, because they did, they, they did beat Excelsior this weekend. Santiago Jimenez scoring once again. I think that's he scored a brace this time. Before this, he had 8 goals, 1 each, in his last 8 domestic games. Now he's got 10 in 9, so he's been in fantastic form. Feyenoord won 11 consecutive Eredivisie games. And that's that's really what's getting them this title there. 8 points clear of uh, PSV with, what, uh, how many games? 3 games left. So, match point is what they said on Twitter. Match point it is. It will be against Go Ahead Eagles. Next weekend, but behind them, interesting stuff. PSV winning, of course. Uh, but Ax and Azad, uh, third and fourth playing each other with a two point gap. So Azad, you know, could, could inflict further misery on this season 
um, for uh, for Ajax, who are currently third, which is the Europa Conference League spot in the league. Uh, but I'm not sure what will happen after the cup. Yes, we won the cup, so maybe that'll be a Europa League spot. I'll have to check that. But either way, they don't want to be fourth, and had they lost, they would have been fourth. But they did hold on uh, for a nil-nil uh, draw. But Azer really was once holding on. So, but ultimately, what that means for PSV is that they have a five-point gap to Ajax in the league now, and so second spot is probably going to be theirs, which means Ajax will be missing out on Champions League football next season. And it's been a while since that's happened. Uh, but down at the bottom, Groningen uh, were rele- mathematically uh, relegated from the Eredivisie for the first time. Since the 1990s, that was the last relegation they suffered. They bounced back then within a few years. Let's see if they can do that now. But both they and Kambur are gone. Uh, above them, it's it's a real battle. Excelsior in the re- playoff spot, level on points with MN above them, who are only two behind Volendam, who are only one behind Vitesse. So those four teams uh, are going to be involved in a scrap to avoid that relegations playoff spot. Uh, let's go on to Denmark, uh, the Super League game, where Obi scored a huge win against Horsens in the relegation battle. Uh, that sees them. Oh, they were at uh, at one point they were, I think, ten points from safety. Now they're only one point from safety. So that's been quite a turnaround. And this was a huge win too. Like when I say huge, I mean four nil. That's quite a statement to make against your relegation rivals. And up at the top though, massive, massive result. FC North Ceylon 3, FC Copenhagen 2. That sees North Ceylon jump back up into first spot with four matches left. Who knows, they could pull it off. But this is a title race and a half field goal because Copenhagen and North Ceylon have been tripping up lately, both over each other. <laughs> They've played each other like thrice in the last two weeks or something. That was the cup, two uh, times of the cup semi-final as well. Uh, but also against other sides. And what that's done is that's allowed Feeborg uh, to stay within touch, even though their form hasn't been great. Feeberg also involved in this title is throughout. But AKF, uh, Arhus, have come out of nowhere to jump up to third right now. And their form is superb. They're only three points behind Copenhagen, four behind North Zealand. And their next opponents are North Zealand. Maybe they're in the title race too. Who knows? I mean, certainly they're, they're ones to watch. Uh, they, they could, they, they might, they might do it because if they beat North Zealand and Copenhagen, the next two opponents, then you know they might they they might have a decent chance of doing it because those two sides look very likely well, not very likely but it certainly looks possible that, that they drop points again. But but who knows? It's an absolutely cracking that list. And I do have to give a mention to Ernest Nwama, who was absolutely sensational last night. I'll ended up scoring that third goal, the all important third goal in the. 80th minute. It was 3-1 at the time, but Copenhagen pulled one back later on. But what a performance from him, man! He's he's uh, he's really been the player of the of their season, I think. Certainly, maybe even in the league. And just 19 year old, but he plays. I mean, obviously so well, but so maturely as well. What what a player! Um, so yeah, that's that's the update from Denmark, from Greece. Ooh, it's a big drama. Uh, on the weekend, we were supposed to have the penultimate match day of the title championship playoffs, uh, but we didn't because Panathinaikos reported about 25 COVID cases. That still exists apparently. Uh, with almost a half an hour split between players and the coaching staff, I don't know what exactly happened. But then suddenly, next thing I know, they're playing on Monday night. So either they all magically recovered 
or there was something else going on because they still had a full squad which traveled with all the key players from what I could tell. So I don't know who got COVID, but they said twelve players got COVID, and I couldn't see any big names or anything. But I don't know what happened exactly. I need to you know probably dig more into that. But anyway, what happened is they lost to Olympiacos, and that's huge because that defeat in the Derby of the Eternal Enemies, that one nil defeat, has dropped them three points behind IK, who despite Andre Gray's best efforts, that's right, that's the Andre Gray I'm talking about. He's at Aris now. He. Took the, he helped his side take the lead against them, but IK came back to win. And with that result, IK are three points clear at the top. So they only need one point from the final match day. They only need a draw against Volos, who are six. Uh, and they are playing like they really don't deserve to be in the championship group because have they even got a single point in the championship group? I think they've lost all their games, you know. Uh, no, they, they, they did take a point of Panas and Icos, but was that before? Or, oh yes, on the first uh, match, uh, in, in the, certainly the early matches of the championship group, they took a point of Panathinaikos, and that's the only thing they've got. They lost all their other games. They lost eight round one in the championship group. So, it's not likely that IK mess it up against them. So, IK, most likely, I don't want to jinx it, but most likely, going to win their first Super League since 2018. But, uh, let's see when that happens. Um, where else? What else do we have? Ooh, more title drama in in Ukraine, where uh, Shakhtar Donetsk dropped points against Alexandria. And they're only a couple clear of the Dnipro now, and these two sides will be facing each other uh, before the end of the season. The Dnipro have a game in hand, are three points behind. So if they win that, then on the penultimate match day, Shakhtar's home match against the Dnipro becomes the title decider. Still have a fair while to go here though. Five six matches, so uh, we'll, we'll, we'll wait for that. Um, right then, what else? Let's talk top five leagues quickly. In the Bundesliga, we had Schalke scoring a 102nd minute winner, the latest ever winner in the Bundesliga's history, if my sources are correct, to pull themselves out of the relegation zone. Huge win for them over Mainz, whose European ambition suffered a blow, but they're out of the relegation zone. Where uh, Hertha's win over over Stuttgart maybe gave them a bit of hope as well for a potential great escape, although I'm, I still don't think it's likely. Hoffenheim beating Frankfurt was important because that keeps them four points clear of the drop zone. They'll only stay safe. But up at the top, um, Leipzig jumped to third, beating Freiburg, who they also beat in midweek in the cup. Freiburg dropped to fifth, but they're level with Union uh, on points because Union only drew to Augsburg. So. I'd say Leipzig, well Leipzig are only one point above them, but the trouble is Union and Freiburg are playing each other next. So I'd say Leipzig have that third spot probably nailed on. Uh, Union and Freiburg really battling for that last championship, uh, Champions League spot, which will for either be a debut in the competition. So it'll be great to see either way. I mean, I would have liked Leipzig to not make it, but hey, it is what it is. Up at the top, uh, Bayern just about getting their, their win to stay first, but... Dortmund absolutely battering Wolfsburg, a real statement win, 6-0 it was. They've got three matches left against uh, Gladbach, Augsburg and Mainz, all winnable. Among Bayern's are Airbay Leipzig. So, one day I will find myself supporting Rasenballsport Leipzig, but that, that, that won't be recently, that's a, still a week and a half to go. So, we'll wait for that. Uh, elsewhere, 
in the Premier League. Big Sam is back, of course. We heard that. He won the second half against Manchester City. Have to mention that. Chelsea finally getting their first win under Frank Lampard. You know that. Uh, Nottingham Forest uh, beating Southampton. Most likely sending Southampton down. Cracking game though. Cracking Monday night fixtures. But I do want to talk about the Championship final match day, which was very entertaining, very dramatic. Uh, ultimately, so what we had was uh, Luton Town and Middlesbrough already through. Coventry City were against Middlesbrough and they held on to a draw, which means they also got through thanks to other favourable results, which most notably included Blackburn Rovers beating Millwall. So Millwall dropped out of the, the fourth series, by the way. That was a cracking game. Uh, Blackburn coming back from, what, 3-1 down in the second half? And what that did, that was no good for either them nor Millwall because Sunderland uh, jumped into the top six with a massive win over Preston North and 3 0. Uh, and thanks to a vastly superior goal difference compared to Blackburn, they finished six, which means they, having only returned to the championship last season, uh, this season rather, will be in the playoffs. They will face Luton Town first in the semi finals. So it was an entertaining finale, nothing else on the line, relegation sealed, top two sealed. But a great battle for the playoffs in the championship. Uh, in in Italy, Cremonese, how are they doing it? They beat Spezia 2-0. And I was hopeful they'd do it. The, the great escape is what I'm referring to. But then Elas Verona beat Lecce. Which means the gap to safety for Cremonese remained six points after all their efforts. Uh, and what, with four matches left? Mm, I don't know. Of course, Sampdori already relegated as we spoke earlier. Spezia has three points from safety now. Up at the top, more drama. Uh, in, uh, Inter uh, winning once again, beating Roma this time, a, a crucial result, to stay in the top four. Milan themselves getting an important win over Lazio, pulling the gap between those two sides down to three points. So we have a real top four race on our hands because reports say Juventus are going to get a points penalty between 6 to 8 points. That's probably going to take them out of the top four, I'd say. So right now Juventus are on 66 points. Lazio on 64, Inter 63 are fourth. Then it's Milan on 61 and Atalanta and Roma on 58. They're probably gone, but if Juventus got that penalty of 8 points, then they're technically level with them right now. So... It's 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 all very close. Let's let's see who gets there that top four spot in in Italy. But that's going to be exciting. Um, and let's quickly move on. In in France, huge result was Lens beating Marseille to one, uh, jumping over them into second. So that direct qualification to the Champions League is very much on for them. Two points clear with four games left. I think the only I mean they fought last next, which they might which might be tough. But the real Banana skin could be the Derby against Lorient. Uh, but let's see what they can do. But down at the bottom, huge result was not against Strasbourg. Le- starting level out points with not in the relegation zone. Going into the match, uh, Strasbourg winning crucially to pull themselves three points clear, jump two spots above, uh, and ultimately costing Antoine Kumbare his job. Uh, just read before starting recording this that he's been sacked. So big result for Strasbourg there. They're probably going to be safe there now. Um, uh, over next door, uh, or not next door, in the same door, <laughs> in France, uh, in, in Division 1, uh, the women's top, right? We had some, some, some big results, most notably Paris FC, 
taking points off title contenders PSG that keeps Paris FC third in that final Champions League spot, but that drops PSG three points behind Lyon with two games left. And the next game, PSG Lyon, but Lyon have the superior goal difference, vastly superior, but by, by about twenty. So even if PSG win, it's not gonna mean much because of their drop points here. These drop points could well cost them the title. And for Paris, this one point could well see them through into the Champions League playoffs, qualifiers rather, because Fleury beat Montpellier before them and they temporarily jumped to third on goal difference. Uh, but this point pushed Paris FC back up. Huge result there. League Da as well. Uh, the men's League Da was uh, exciting this weekend. Relegation battle getting interesting. We spoke of Dijon last w- uh, week. They lost to Onesi in a real 6-pointer, which means they're 18th on 35 points, uh, with Onesi 3 points clear of them now. Valencia level on points with them as well, and Laval 17th are on 37 points, so that they're in between all of those sides. I think uh, Nimes and certainly Nior are gone, but this is the, the battle to follow, isn't it? And up at the top, uh, Bordeaux only 3 points clear of Mess in 2nd spot. Is, is probably the thing to watch because Le Havre have got the direct promotion spot sealed, I reckon. Well, no one has a direct promotion spot sealed. Is uh, Spain, the Segunda División. My word, what a league that is. I mean, where do we even start? Uh, let's... L- the two two really big games uh, this weekend among the top six. We had Alaves against Granada on, I think, Friday night. That ended 1-1. Both sides remaining level on points. And the last night here, Ibar Las Palmas. Ibar leading the way, three points clear of Las Palmas. Uh, but they lost. Uh, they lost 1 0. And I think they're winless in seven games now, which is why they've gone from looking comfortably on course for the title to looking in trouble here. Because look, and oh, I should also mention Levante losing to Tenerife further adding to the drama so with 39 of the 42 games played we've got Las Palmas ahead of Ibar at the top on goal difference on 67 points one point behind them are Granada and Alaves one point behind them are Levante and three points behind them are Albacete so of course the top two are the direct spots they are what everyone's fighting for uh, and then third to sixth are playoffs where I reckon these these sides will of course make it certainly and Albacete probably too four points clear of Cartagena but the battle for those two top spots is still very much oh no, actually wide open and it's going to be very very exciting with three games left so I will be watching that let's let's see what else we've got just a few final quick things in Algeria, Jis uh, Kabili, who of course made that uh, Champions League run to the knockouts whilst being in, in the relegation spots in the league, have done, uh, finally, have, have gotten themselves out of them. I think they drew today uh, with Henshela and crucially they beat Yassam Alger earlier. So they're above uh, Paradu on goal difference. So an important development for them over... In Argentina, we had uh, El Super Clasico, which also had another almighty scrap at the end of it. Something about this weekend, you know, players scrapping uh, at the end of matches. That, that lasted 10 minutes after Miguel Horkborg has winner from the penalty spot in a deserved win, really, for a repair plate, uh, which keeps them well on course for the title and keeps Boca well in mid-table. 
but then yeah seven red cards at the end after about 10 minutes of fighting after that goal <laughs> so that was, that was quite something um, and I, I also do want to mention Atletico Tucuman having a really poor season after coming so very close to the first ever title in the league last season uh, they are they're having a terrible time of it I tell you they're what 26th right now so relegation is definitely going to be a concern for them and, and I mean I don't know they're sticking by that manager for now but who knows how long they may last but speaking of managers being stuck by I tell you where they aren't being stuck by in MLS with two sackings uh, Gerhard Struber sacked from uh, the New York Red Bulls who are doing quite poorly in, in the league table um, and Ezra Hendrickson sacked from Chicago Fire those two sides are the two bottom sides in the Eastern Conference the Fire with 11 points from 10 games uh, NYRB with 9 points from 11. Uh, for most, I think, certainly for NYRB, their performances have been better than these points tally suggest. But as in the case of Schubert, of course, of the added uh, dynamic of the, of the Dante Mazir case uh, at the San Jose Earthquakes, where I think his 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 you know, decisions were really disappointing. So maybe that, I mean, I'd like to think that was part of the decision-making process that was factored in, but I mean, well, that's a month or so ago, so I don't think they cared about it ultimately, sadly. But either way, he's gone, uh, and so is Ezra Hendrickson. So that is that. I will need my big sip of water now, because I've spoken for almost an hour. Uh, we'll be back, of course, on Friday to recap whatever happens this week, which includes the UEFA Champions League and the other two UEFA leagues a little, few few leagues a few league action few league action what is wrong with me few leagues here and there uh calf confederation cup us open cup and a couple of other cups so a fair few things to look out for uh, we'll be back of course as i said on friday so if you can join us do join us then otherwise see you next monday hopefully monday on the free feed uh, take care have a good week and enjoy the football goodbye